Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus episode 37, the 2017 Summer Movie Recap. Good day to you ladies and gentlemen of the north, south, east and west and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I am your host, Iverson55 and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film related discussion. I know it's been a little while since the last episode and I have to apologise, scheduling has been very chaotic over the course of August, um, just trying to work around work and just some of my other personal projects that I've been trying to like sort out with um, some of my friends. It's madness, but we're back. And we're here to talk about the summer film season that's just gone past. Because, yeah, it's September now, so summer's technically over. Although, officially, I hear summer's never over until the 21st of September. But let's be honest, there's no summer films coming out at this period of time. But anyway, we have a first for this podcast. We have a guest in just over a year and um, just under six months. I have my first guest. Mr. Guest, could you introduce yourself to the public? Hey there, uh, I'm Drew from Drew's Movie Reviews. And uh, Drew, he is a wonderful reviewer. I've checked out numerous amounts of his work over the last like uh, few years. He's actually become one of my uh, go-to people that I check out every once in a blue moon. And I do apologize for not checking out your work more recently, but whenever I do check out your work, even if I'm not dropping a comment, I do check it out every so often, so yeah, like, you know, if you haven't checked out his work already, check out Drew's material, it's very good, concise, and straight to the point, good material. Thank you. So yeah, like, um, as I said at the top of the show, we're going to be talking about the summer movie season. I'm going to be hopping between saying summer and film, just because over here in the UK, we tend to say film more so than movie, but... Uh, whichever one works during the time is fine, but yeah, um, the summer film season this year I found to be pretty good overall, um, and definitely a marked improvement over last year's. Um, so in this podcast today, I'm just going to talk about just me and Drew's general thoughts on the summer, and um, then just talk about the uh, major films that's shown up over the course of uh, the months between April through to August. And then just talk about some of our favourites and then maybe make a top 10 or top 5 list at the end. And uh, I'll plug some of uh, Drew's material at the end. So, uh, yeah, if that's all good with you, Drew, let's begin. Let's do it. Alright, so the summer movie season of 2017. How do you feel it's gone for you, Drew? I've actually liked this a lot. Um, Granted, this is also one of the summers where I've watched almost an average of one a week which is actually really good for me. Uh, but I've really enjoyed at least half of what I've seen, so I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I'm definitely inclined to agree with you because um, obviously in the last few years, the summer season has definitely started to uh, accelerate with, you know, beforehand it used to be mainly May and June when you'd find, you know, the summer film season starting up, but in recent years, especially with some of the uh, superhero films starting to, uh, you know, become more dominant, uh, you have the film season starting as early as April, and you're just like, what is going on? Like, uh, it's not even really summer yet. We're still just getting out of Easter. 
But um, I have enjoyed uh, just having more films to enjoy at like an earlier period in the year. Just means that you're just getting geared up for uh, all the fun action that will you know follow into the summer season. But yeah, it's been good. I'd say overall I had a good time. There were some films that I think I had too high expectations for, so that when I ended up seeing them, it was just it didn't have the same sort of satisfying payoff I had hoped, but. Compared to last year, where it was very erratic in terms of the amount of quality films that you got when compared to like a lot of the really terrible and disappointing films you had last year, uh, this is just a marked improvement, just overall. Yeah, some good stuff. For sure. Yeah, last year wasn't too impressive, I guess you'd say. Uh, so I definitely think we've taken a step up in the last 12 months. Yeah, it's just, um, I think just consistency was the main thing I found that for every few weeks there was at least a good film you you could go from like having a really great film to a good film and just the handful of like you know bad slash disappointing films were you know sprinkled in there but they just weren't as notable as they were last year yeah i'd probably agree with that all right so like um i think we're gonna go about and get into like uh you know some specific examples so what i'm just gonna do is just uh list off a few films um, and you know feel free to jump in and I'm just going to talk about uh, essentially just the films that I found to be you know of note you know during the film season um, so I was going to start off with uh, Fast and Furious number 8 did you get a chance to check this one out? I did and um, you know before we get into number 8 what's your views on like you know just the Fast and Furious series as a whole are you like one of the guys that like it or you know you just hate it or what? <laughs> I do like it. It's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. I guess maybe it's kind of like a guilty pleasure of everybody, which I don't know if that point is really guilty pleasure, <laughs> but I, I do I do enjoy it. It's just kind of like one of those movies or those uh, like the, the series where you kind of can, can sit back and just watch it to have fun. I mean, you know, it's going to be ridiculous. Like going into the movie, you know, it's going to be crazy stunts, beautiful women, you know, all these these muscular men just talking macho e. You know, just, yeah. it, it's going to be a good time. And especially after Fast Five, when that series kind of took that swing into a whole different direction, it's 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 been very enjoyable. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree because there was a good few people that I heard, like, you know, online and, you know, within my own friend circle that they said, oh, yeah, like, you know, Fast and Furious 8 was terrible. Worst one in the series. It's just gotten too ridiculous and over the top. And I'm like... Have you seen the previous films? It's sort of just been ascending in this sort of uh, over-the-top chaotic nature. And uh, one of the things I liked about this film was that there was just a little bit more drama added to it, you know, with uh, Vin Diesel's character. I'm going to try and avoid spoilers as much as possible, though if there are points where we do like jump in the spoilers, I will just put time codes in for those. Um, but I thought it was just fun how they were able to, uh, you know, take the story in a slightly darker direction with this character, but also just retain, you know, the core elements that that's made these films so fun since, like, you know, Fast Five with, you know, the crazy action, some of the uh, cool um, driving sequences, and obviously having these, like, really fun uh, characters and uh, the actors playing them. I thought Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham stole the film. They were just delightful. They had, like... A really fun sort of back and forth but also just in terms of their action sequences they were just great yeah like the the scene on the airplane with with jason statham was one of the highlights of the film 
Oh yeah, I mean, I have never laughed that much in an action scene for a long time. Everybody was in hysterics when I watched it in the cinema. So, um, yeah, I just good stuff. I mean, would I say it's my favorite? Um, I don't know how I'd rank it against the other ones. I'd say it's sort of on par slash better than the last one, but I think the last one had a more emotional resonance, obviously because of the death of Paul Walker. But like. Uh, I still feel like this series has got, you know, a bit of steam, so... Yeah. I usually call... I, I've called it the franchises that... Or the franchise that won't die. Just because it should have ended a long time ago, and they somehow managed to keep coming back, and then it actually ended up improving at one point, which is very impressive for a franchise that has been around as long as that one has. Oh, yeah. For what, it's been like 15 years now, at least? Yeah. So it's, it's pretty impressive. Definitely. Like what this franchise has been able to do. Definitely, man. Um, all right, so I think we're going to move on to like uh, the first big Marvel film of the year, and uh, that's Guardians of the Galaxy number two. Now, I think I have a slightly critical opinion of this, and my opinion seems to be in a slightly, uh, I guess, uh, smaller camp. And uh, here's the thing about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two: I had so much hype for this film because I saw the first one in, you know, obviously 2014. It was such a lovely surprise. It's one of my favorites in the MCU, and uh, the hype for this film was real. So I went to see it as part of a double feature with my sister and um, I came out of the film really enjoying it. But the only thing I found was that I didn't feel the need to watch it again, even though I really wanted to. And um, besides a few other summer films that we'll get to later on, it's one of the few that I haven't gone back to watch again. And this is probably the first time since maybe, I don't know. I think this is actually, yeah, the first Marvel uh, studios film that I've never seen like you know more than once in a cinema because all of them have gotten at least two to three maybe four or five <laughs> sessions <laughs> so, uh, back back in college I had a lot of free time um, but yeah like uh, Guys of the Galaxy 2 I will say it has some of my favourite moments in any of the Marvel films hands down there are some really solid like comedic moments some of the dramatic moments are really good and they're Performances from everybody all over, um, you know, from uh, Michael Rooker to Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, and, um, you know, Dave Bautista. Like, everybody did a really good job, and there were some great cameos. The Stan Lee one was one of my all-time favorites. Um, there was just some really good stuff in there, but I just feel like some of the humor didn't work for me, and the way in which they chose to do some of the stuff with the story just... I, I don't know, maybe I expected something different, but yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I can understand why a lot of people love it, but there's just certain elements that just didn't, you know, work for me, basically. Yeah, well, I think a lot of the love for it came from, because it was very similar to the first one, uh, but that's also kind of a hindrance of it, is that it, it is very similar to the first one, and I think why the first one did so well, because I'm with you, where it's, it's one of my favorite MCU films, the, the first one. Yeah. Uh, it, it just came out as a, as a surprise, and like Marvel took these this group of characters that hardly anybody knows, even comic readers such as myself, like I know of, I knew of them, but yeah. I wasn't overly f- familiar with them, because like this iteration of the, of the Guardians of the Galaxy was only created in 2008. Uh, so they're actually relatively new compared to some of the other characters or characters that they brought onto the screen. And yeah. it's, everything about that film worked. Like, the humor, the characters, the story, like, it just all worked. I, like, there's a few things we said about the shell villain, but 
I, in that film, I let it go because it's not about the villain. It's about bringing the team together. So that's okay in that in that movie. But in this one, we kind of went in with it with the expectations of of what we want to see out of these characters and and the story. And so we got a lot of that. It just there wasn't anything really fresh about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like uh, the color palette was great. The visuals were awesome. Those Absolutely. Yes. Some. I yeah, like uh, just some of the action sequences are cool. Um, you know, the sense of scope during some of those, uh, you know, uh, wide shots of you know s- establishing like you know some of these new planets and some of the fight scenes. Um, I really enjoyed like uh, Ego. Um, I thought Cut uh, Russell did a really good job in that role, and um, mm-hmm. and you know just there's obviously that point in the film when like a certain revelation comes like you know to light. And I just remember there was a few gasps in the cinema when it happened. I was just like, I knew, but still the way in which it was revealed, I was just like, I felt that. So I'm like, gosh, this Marvel, like, you know, always said to be like, you know, that studio just keeps making all these lighthearted films with like, uh, you know, no adult content or like, you know, anything, you know, heavy. And yet with this and Civil War and even the start of Guardians of the Galaxy number one, do you see them covering like certain issues um, that you know have like you know emotional resonance, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, overall like Guardians of the Galaxy two, I don't hate the film. That's the one thing I want to get out there. But the thing is, it's just that I don't know. I thought it would just hit me in a slightly different way. Yeah, I'd agree. Like it's good, but there's nothing great about it. Yeah. Um, now the, uh, next period I remember was, uh, primarily June, but I skipped a few of those just because, um, some of those films just didn't do anything for me and I was just like, oh, I'm going to give them a skip. So, uh, you have the floor. If you've seen anything before Wonder Woman came out, like, um, you could jump in. <laughs> so there are actually three films that I saw in between Guardians and Wonder Woman. So I saw Alien Covenant, which... Are you a fan of the Alien films? Um, yes, and I actually forgot that had come out. Like, I think that's saying something about the film. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. It, so, for Alien Covenant, it was, it was directed once again by, by um, Ridley Scott. Yeah. And the structure is very similar to the first Aliens movie. Yeah. Uh, and I think yeah. a lot of that was he went... He wanted to get back to what the fans were complaining about in Prometheus, where it just it was such a departure from the like original movie that he, he wanted to get back to that and so the structure is very uh, very much the same as what we've seen before um where like the this group of people goes down to this weird planet uh explores a little bit finds that something's weird you know that the xenomorph goes and ends up killing everybody yeah uh, so a spoiler alert i guess <laughs> it's an alien movie so this was um, yeah and it it, it was okay um, I know there are a lot of people who almost despised it, but one thing that I've kind of started l- looking at the series is that um, the alien is slowly becoming uh, it, uh, David, who is Fassbender's character. Yeah, yeah. Then this one, like he did a dual role of he did, he did David again, and then he came back and did a, like the updated version of David, whose name is Walter. Yeah, yeah. And he just did fantastic in both of those roles. And what he did with David, he's he's slowly, I guess like I don't really want to give anything away, but he's he's slowly becoming like the core of the of the new movies, I guess you'd say, because he started in Prometheus, and now he's in Covenant, and he'll probably come back for Alien Six. Uh, 
by the way I'm starting to look at the the series now, so the alien is slowly becoming David and his detachment from humanity and uh and if you watch the movie you'll understand why I don't want to talk about it too much but it's I think I liked it more than most but it wasn't anything too great yeah like um thank you for the recap because like I had almost forgotten that the film existed until you mentioned it. I was like oh yeah of course I saw that film and um I will admit the film looked great it had just a wonderful um again sense of scope the uh, way in which they used, um, well, they muted the colors and used lighting and shadow to create this eerie and like uh, dangerous atmosphere with the planet that they were on. When the atmosphere was right, it was good. And when it was, you know, just tapping into the horror and violence, um, I'm not like some guy that gets off on violence. Don't get me wrong, but like uh, I do like my violence and like you know, was it especially with my alien films and some of that stuff was gory, and it yeah. was so delightful. But then. After a while, I was just like, um, I've seen this before. And yeah. um, it's just that uh, I feel like the Alien films are falling into the same trap that the uh, Terminator series has, where you have two really great first films that set this bar so high that anything you do afterwards is just, just pales in comparison. And it's not really the fault of the filmmakers. It's just that you have a series that, you know, you want to change up every so often but you want to adhere to what's come before and um prometheus was in prometheus is in this sort of just strange area where it tried to do something different but also exists within the same universe of the alien films but in a way it just ended up you know disappointing people on two different fronts so then when you try to go back to alien but then finish up what you did in prometheus you still end up just um doing a bit of damage on both sides. I know some people that thought the film was good because it, you know, scratched both itches or they felt it did more so on one side than the other. I thought the film was basic, good, yet, funnily enough, not as compelling as Prometheus, but I think it was just because Prometheus at the time was just a new thing, if that makes any sense. But, um, yeah, Alien Covenant, not bad, but ultimately forgettable in my opinion yep so yeah what was the next film that you saw uh the next one i saw was baywatch which i i know the universe or that maybe not university but uh, <laughs> a lot of people that i've talked to like don't like this movie at all but i actually had a lot of fun with baywatch oh really uh, yeah maybe just because i like a simple movie because all it really was was just uh there to have fun i guess like if you don't take it too seriously it's it's pretty enjoyable. I really enjoyed The Rock and uh, Zac Efron together. Yeah. I think they play, I think they played well. The humor that they did is kind of right in my wheelhouse. I have a, a sense of humor of like a 13-year-old. So like those kind of like dirty jokes that, that are all through the film yeah. you know, made me laugh. <laughs> so I guess I'm the target audience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I just wish that the trailers didn't use like some of the footage from the last end of the film because of that i kind of saw how it was gonna go but other than that i mean i like i, said, I had fun i i'm not familiar with it all with the uh, original television series yeah, yeah um so i mean i think that might have been a part of it too that people were like all this uh, i expected it to be like the series and well it's not going to be so if you take it like that as as for on its own merits i think it's it's a good time 
Well, I do like uh, Dwayne Johnson and Zac Efron. That was the main hook for me, like uh, going wanting to see that film. But since you know the film got such negative press, I was just like, uh, it was literally within a very tight period of work and um, me uh, doing some other random stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I think I might just give this a pass. Um, but because you, yeah. But like now that you've said that, I might just give it a watch because uh, I am a person of like uh, simple taste in a lot of cases. There's a lot of like uh, comedy related stuff that I like that no one likes at all. So this might be this might be something good for me, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's the what's key for uh, both Zac Efron and Dwayne Johnson is that they like they're both really good at their humor. Yeah. But they have to have someone to really bounce off of. Like Dirty Grandpa came out like last January. Yeah. Like a year and a half ago. And while I like Zac Efron in it, he just didn't mesh well with. Um, who was that? So Robert uh, De Niro, wasn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, Robert De Niro, and so he just his humor didn't work because he he couldn't work with anybody. And like going back to the Fast series and Fast Five, when you first meet Dwayne Johnson, I think or his character, like he has a lot of one-liners, but it's just him. And so like while they're funny, he just can't really bounce off anybody to make to keep the humor going. Yeah. So, but like in here, they they have the, each other to bounce off of, and it, I think it works. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'll definitely keep that one in mind. Um, and what was the other film before Wonder Woman that you saw as well? Uh, Pirates, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Ah, okay. Now, um, <laughs> here we have another film that I was just like, yep, yeah, uh, I think I'm done, because um, I'm one of the few people who... Uh, like the second film the most out of these series because I know every really? everyone likes the first one the most just because it was you know the first of its kind very unique and it didn't mm. lay so much into uh, Johnny Depp's like you know Captain Jack Sparrow character I think I have a special place in my heart for the second one just because it was the first one I saw because I saw the films out of order my friends right. asked me to go back and see the film in the cinema I'm just like I don't know what this is but then I ended up really liking it, and I think it was just because of uh, Davy Jones, the Kraken, and some of the more fantastical yeah. elements that came in the series that I, you know, started to like it. I find the first film, you know, fine. I just, um, I don't know. I think I just found the characters very frustrating. Um, you know, Orlando Bloom and, like, uh, Kira Knightley. I have nothing against them as actors, but their characters just... I, I find them just... And... Um, that was where I think my sort of disliking of like Kira Knightley started from, but I've I've come around on her a lot in recent years, so I think it was just a choice of film. But I think after the fourth film, when I saw that with my friends, I was just like, I want to still try and like this series, but I was just like, nope. Even Javier Bardem can't lure me back into the fifth one, so I, I gave it yeah. a miss. <laughs> no, I don't blame you, and it's you trust me you didn't miss anything it added no value to the series whatsoever like i mean it was it was an okay thing but i think they're just trying to milk the series as much as they can and it it was not up to quality so you don't even worry about it <laughs> oh okay well um with that in mind i think we'll skip to like uh i guess still what is noted as like in the mind of a lot of people to be the best film of the summer wonder woman absolutely so um yeah like uh i'm just gonna say this up top like i was surprised by how much i ended up liking this film because um it's not like i'm one of the sort of dc haters that like you know is looking for every film in their like extended universe to fail it's just that with the string of films that they'd made so far 
either being, you know, mixed bags for me or just downright disappointing. And uh, Wonder Woman being, you know, one of the more redeeming factors of Batman vs Superman, but not as compelling enough of a character for me to want to see her in a solo film. I was like, the second, the last few trailers that they had for Wonder Woman were pretty cool, but I was still, you know, at, at arm's length about the film. But I went to see it with a friend of mine from work, and I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. Um, just, it was a lot of fun. And at the end of the day, that's all I could ask for from a, like, you know, is it any film? Just to be fun, just to have fun with it. And, uh, it just struck a, struck a nice balance between, like, you know, having the action, the emotion, but also the humour that was necessary for these sort of superhero films just to be, you know, enjoyable. 100%. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like, I want, as much before, I'm, I'm, I do read comics, and I'm a big superhero fan, so I want these movies to do well. Like, I, like yes, like, the Marvel movies are great, but the DC heroes are different, and I want to I see them have a good movie. So it's just, just very disappointing to see how these DC characters have... Kind of shown on the stick, I guess you'd say, the last couple of years. Oh, uh, definitely. Batman and, and Superman and Wonder Woman are like their three biggest heroes, and I guess third time's a charm because this because Wonder Woman just is leagues above either of the Batman or Superman films that we've gotten so far. Yeah, uh, what I mainly enjoyed about it was just that it had a solid mythology, especially at the beginning, just um, when you get to see, like, uh, the mascara and, like, uh, the Amazon, like, uh, warriors. All that stuff was really cool, um, straightforward, because obviously in a lot of these films where you have, like, backstory about, like, certain races of characters or any uh, backstory about, like, uh, main characters, sometimes it can get a little overcomplicated or uh, tedious with some of the explanations, but... It was straightforward, you understood what was going on, and you could see why like uh, you'd want to invest time with these characters, because they're all cool, badass women that are all warriors, they do all these cool like little flips, they shoot arrows, they're good at like uh, sword and like shield combat, it's, it's kick-ass, man, so uh, everything on the mascara, and then like obviously once Steve Trevor shows up, everything in that first like chunk of the film, I was having the best time ever, and... Uh, Robin Wright, my gosh, she's been one of my favorite actresses for years, and she was just such a badass in this film. I'm like, you're my favorite person. Yeah, I, I love you right now. I'm, I'm, I was in a good place. Good, yeah. Well, one of my favorite things are, that I really liked about the film, or at least the, that what did well, is that it was well paced. You know, like it, it didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel like it was at, at no point. I feel like it was dragging on. Uh, you know, it just it worked, and like one of the things that these superhero movies especially in the dc movies are doing as they're they're trying too hard at uh world building yeah um, yeah and this movie just it, it stood alone like everything existed solely for the purpose of moving the story and the, or diana's character along and and her growth and so it, it didn't it didn't feel like there's any like extra scenes or characters or anything like it just it was for her to move her character along and it and it just it just works so great yeah yeah um i just thought the cast were great uh chris pine and uh gal gadot like just had like a really good chemistry together and like their scenes especially once they go to like uh england and stuff uh was just so much fun like uh like the line with the baby and the uh ice cream bit um got me both times it's just delightful um I will admit that, for me, the only sort of, uh, I guess, 
nitpicks I could have is that some of the fight scenes had a little uh, too much slow-mo in there um, and while it wasn't like ex as extreme as say like you know something that Zack Snyder would do in his heyday it was still just um, it became noticeable to me and then I think was it with the way in which the film ended with uh, with Ares it was good but I expected something I think a little less uh, CG heavy and uh, not as anticlimactic as it was. Yeah, like I definitely think that the third act, like that whole thing between her and Ares, was the weakest part of the film. But I think the first two acts really make up for it. Oh yeah. The, I mean, at this point too. I mean, like it's a conversation I have with many people about superhero films because a lot of people that's that's one of their biggest complaints in general about superhero films that it more often than not comes down to that like the brawl bare knuckle fight between the hero and the villain but if you look at the source material that's what happens a lot of the times in these story arcs oh yeah of course so, so it's it's not necessarily for the movie it's a, it's a fault of the movie of the movie's source uh so and it's happened so often over the last or like you know ever since we had this boom of superhero movies that it kind of doesn't affect me as much anymore yeah, it, yeah. or really if ever um, there's another film that I wanted to mention just very briefly, and it's, uh, that horror film that came out, was it It Comes at Night? Did you get a chance to see that? Uh, I did not. I don't really watch horror movies very much. Yeah, um, I had a feeling, but I thought I'd just bring it up because, um, I heard there was a lot of, like, buzz surrounding this film, and I ended up seeing it, um, by chance while I was actually out in the Canada when I was on holiday, because my uncle said he wanted to see it, so... I went to see it with uh, him, my sister, and my cousin, and um, I think there may, may, might have been someone else there, I think. I think it might have been my uncle's friend, but anyway. Um, the I remember there has been like a sort of... The uh, audience reception about this film has sort of been split down the middle, because it's sort of like The Witch when that film came out last year, and everyone was saying that, you know, it's not a conventional horror film, it's a lot slower pace, and it's just... Um, it doesn't have the same sort of... Uh, faster paced like you know kill kill gory action that you know comes with you know modern horror films so um and this film doesn't really feel like a horror film as much as it is just a very atmospheric sort of psychological film uh, there is death in there and there is some sort of um strange happenings but the film is definitely very slow paced and it's one of the sort of films that has a lot of elements that you don't know what's going on until maybe the end of the film and even then you're not completely sure. It's one of the sort of films where I think you'd watch it with a group of people and then discuss the uh, potential meanings of what transpired. And um, I thought, for me, the film was a bit slow and uh, it only got interesting once, like I think maybe two-thirds of the way into the film when some other characters start having you know conflict because it's primarily about these uh, people who uh, end up in a uh, situation in like a post-apocalyptic future kind of setting. I think to do with the virus and there's some, they're basically fighting for survival, but uh, it's a case of being in confined spaces, uh, certain things happening, not trusting each other, going, you know, psychologically mad and crazy stuff like that. Um, my memory is slightly fuzzy on the film, but I do remember it being quite intense and really intriguing with some of the performances especially from Joel Edgerton but as an overall film it was just not the captivating experience I thought it would be when the early reviews came out 
So is it more of a like a like a thriller or is it like a classic horror film? Uh, it sort of rides the line between the two, but I would say it's definitely more thriller than like uh, okay. horror because it's definitely just not nearly as uh, conventionally horror based as you as you know you might expect. Okay. Um, I might look at it then because like I, again like I don't do do horror, so I don't mind like a crazy like a thriller like that. Cause, like last year there was Don't Breathe. Yeah, that was it was built as a horror, but I, I would I would say it's more of a thriller, and I ended up really enjoying that one. Oh yeah, definitely. That was like one of my favorite films. I think of that year, um, last year. Yeah, um, I can only assume that neither of us watched Transformers. I can I can hope. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I did. Oh. Uh, okay. I, I <laughs> well, so my best friend and I have seen all of them in theaters. Yeah. So we just went because it's what we do um but it was very very disappointing <laughs> um i can i can understand because um i think for me with the transformers films i i want to like them i really do but uh was it after the first one the first one still being my favorite i was in denial about the second one when i saw it i think just because the cgi was a lot better and the action sequences were cool, but upon watching it the second uh, time round, then on subsequent viewings, I got really frustrated and angry. So I was like, "No, I don't want to watch this again." Um, <laughs> See, I really enjoy the first three. Like the first one is one of my favorite action movies. Yeah, and I think the third one's pretty solid. Um, like the second one's okay, uh, but four and five are just a mess and terrible. Yeah. I think was it just when I found out like you know was it Michael Bay was coming back after the uh, third one I was like, uh, you know what I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt because the trailer looked cool and you know you've had some time off but no that film was a mess and it featured the most annoying characters of any of the films so far I just couldn't stand um, Mark Wahlberg's daughter and uh, was it Jack Rayner's character in there like endless frustrations like i just couldn't do it so when i saw this new one i'm like you tricked me before you i'm not, I'm not gonna jump in again <laughs> yeah i don't blame you at all um okay so i think we're gonna jump into july because some of the films that got released i think during june um for america we didn't get for at least another month or so so um okay i think we're just gonna hop into spider-man because i think that's the first major release of july um, so yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming. I actually ended up uh, re-watching it again the other day, so um, that brings my total to four times um, this year. And uh, I remember watching it, and I was just like, this film is just just what I needed. It wasn't something that reinvented the wheel, but it was just a solid film from start to finish. It definitely had a lot of interesting new elements that we hadn't seen in a Spider-Man film before, but it was just a solid Spider-Man film. You know, you got that core elements of what, why you fell in love with the Spider-Man character in the comics and like, you know, was it subsequent media uh, after that. It was just a fun film. And um, yeah, I just, I like this film. It, it gives me nice feelings. <laughs> No, I, I agree with you. So Spider-Man is probably my, like my favorite superhero. So to see him finally get a good treatment over the last couple of movies was a great thing to see. Yeah, um, for me, my favorite elements of the film was just... Um, I liked the story. I liked the uh, characters, especially the uh, 
people in his school because all the uh, kids in the school they all looked like kids they acted like kids and they had like really smart witty dialogue and even though they were you know secondary to like you know almost cameo roles for some of the other characters uh, just some of these one-liners that came out of them was just great I cared about each one of them and um, the central performance from Tom Holland was just stellar and in Civil War he killed it and I knew he was going to do well in this film but I didn't expect to love him as much as I did it was just um he has the dialogue down for both Peter and Spider-Man. He's just a very endearing character. And uh, there's that one scene which I won't go into. But like the core scene where you're just like, you feel so bad for him. And you're just like, oh, mate, I feel for you. I just want you to succeed. And um, Tom Holland was great. Michael Keaton, for me, uh, when I first saw him at the Vulture, I ended up saying like, uh, I thought the villain character was sort of so-so but he was elevated by Michael Keaton's performance um, but now on subsequent viewings I've started to like it a lot more just there was a lot of elements of the film that I just found really fun from some of the character interactions he has with uh, you know some people out in the street um, to uh, just other random cameos from future Spider-Man like uh, characters and it just has that teenage Spider-Man down to a T and the use of Tony Stark which was so minimal, but just enough. Great. I'm 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 in a happy place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you 100%. I think it's one of the things I did like is that they went back to basics and took him back to high school and kept him in high school. Yeah. Because what was really nice about the Andrew Garfield movies is that he, at least for the first one, he was in high school, and then the second one he graduated. But it looks like that they're even numbers. The Homecoming two is gonna uh, stay in high school, which is good. Um, but I just feel like I'm with you. I think that they nailed the, 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 that character really well. And they did a really good job of finding that balance between like his humor, his awkwardness, uh, trying to balance his, his social life with his superhero life. Like that aspect was fantastically done. Um, and then with Michael Keaton, he, the vulture, like you said, it, it's also in the comics is like a so-so villain. Yeah. But he actually made him interesting. Uh, which is not anything I really had put have thought about the vulture before, and so he he just I really liked Keaton as a villain. He he like he has that nice menacing feeling to him, but at the same time doesn't like like he can turn on, off and on like really quick like that. And it, it, it's it was a great to see. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I wonder what else I can add. I could add like you know a whole lot of stuff, but I guess uh, for the sake of time, we'll move on to uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, I'll let you go first. Like, you know, is it? What did you think of the film? <laughs> I'll turn it back to you because I didn't watch it. Oh, really? Oh, crumbs. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I, I haven't seen the other two of the in that series, so I, I just skipped this one. Oh, okay. So, um, before I go in, like, you know, is there any particular reason I'm not here to interrogate? But, like, you know, is there any reason you haven't uh, given these films a watch yet? No, um, not no one reason. I just because I've heard nothing but good things about them. Uh, so I just haven't gone back and watched them but this is supposed to be a trilogy so now that all three are out i'll probably spend some time and just watch all three of them back to back to back yeah i think you'll i think you'll have a good time especially since you won't have like you know the long waiting periods that we had between like you know each film um because yeah for me when i when i saw rise of the planet of the age in 2011 it was one of the biggest surprises of that year i was like this film, I don't know if I care about, like, you know, Planet of the Apes, even if you do have, like, uh, Andy Serkis involved, but the film was just such a 
wonderful surprise. It's one of my favorite like recent films. And uh, Dawn for the Planet of the Apes just took the foundations of that film and then just expanded upon it in such a human, dramatic, and uh, emotional manner. And the same rule applies to this film. When I came out of it the first time, I thought it was my favorite film of the year. But um, I think was it I uh, after seeing it the second time round, uh, some of the I guess nitpicks that some people had with the film became apparent to me upon watching it the second time round. But that being said, the film was just wonderful. It just had such a great sense of uh, character-driven drama. Um, and you just feel for these apes in a way that you just don't expect because the writing's so solid, the direction is good, and uh, Andy Serkis' performance is just top-notch. So good. Um, I just realised now that there was a film that I skipped just at the end of June, which was Baby Driver. I forgot to talk about that one. Um <laughs> Have you seen that one? I did. Actually, I just saw that like two weeks ago because it's, for some reason, still in the theater here. Oh, okay, cool. So, um, yeah, I'll pass that one to you. Like, uh, What do you think of it? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, one of my favorite things about it is how they incorporated the soundtrack and made it like a part of the movie itself. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 like, so that was really interesting and different. Um, uh, but the story itself was, was really um, engaging. Uh, I really liked that they... Like what they did with that, and like the, uh, and like this idea of a teenage getaway driver, um, I think was really was uh, interesting. Um, I can't remember the the main character's name or that main actor's name, but I think he just did a fantastic job uh, in that part as well. Oh yeah, definitely. I thought the film was just so delightful. It knew what it was. Um, it had just this uh, right tone of. Uh, having drama and like you know was it tension and danger when necessary but it just had like such a great sense of humor and uh comedic timing and all of the characters uh had like you know a moment to shine um you know from the time that you meet up with uh, say uh john bernthal's character and uh then when you get around to seeing like you know jamie fox and uh john ham and i can't remember i think the name of the uh, actress was it uh, i think it's gene or something but those guys, everyone has like a really distinct personality. They all bounce off each other really well. And Jamie Foxx, my gosh, like <laughs> he was so much fun in the film. Um, there's a line that I can't repeat um, on here, but it's just like uh, when Kevin Spacey says something about like baby and then like Jamie's response so quickly afterwards was just one of my favorite lines in the film. Um, the action sequences were so well done as well. Uh, I just... I just had such a good feeling about the film when I left the cinema. I was just like, yeah, this is probably my favorite film. Maybe even that, like, uh, Edgar Wright's done for me. And uh, that was hard to say because I was like, I really like Scott Pilgrim and Hot Fuzz. So um, I think it might be my favorite, but I'll, I'll have to rewatch all of his other films just to get a good chance to see it. Yeah, like, it's a good point about how everyone felt unique. Um because the scope was actually really small yeah. uh, so it, it because of that it gave room for everybody to kind of have their own voice and it, 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 it just it felt refreshing definitely um, now I'm going to talk about Dunkirk did you check that one out? unfortunately I did not uh, like yeah. it's one of the ones that I it was really high on my list Yeah. but I, I missed it alright well um, 
I have another unpopular view on the film. Um, now, here's the thing. I have seen almost every one of Christopher Nolan's films, and each one of them has given me, like, you know, was it just countless amounts of, like, uh, joy, spectacle, intrigue, and all this other sort of stuff. My favourites being, like, um, probably, like, Inception, Memento, and, like... Um, Pretty much all three of his Batman films. I know everyone like you know poo poos on like uh, the rises, but I actually like that. Um, I think the only film of his that just never sort of got me was uh, Interstellar because that film had two solid acts in it, and I think the third act sort of just lost me when you find out all that stuff that happens at the end. But um, I thought like well the trailers for Dunkirk look great, and I'm not really one for war films, but I was like okay, it's Christopher Nolan doing it. I'll give it a watch and. Uh, I thought it was really solid in this direction. The action was really good. The performances were pretty solid. Um, you know, from Mark Rylance to, uh, what's it, uh, uh, Killian Murphy and um, Kenneth Branagh. And uh, yeah, there's just a few like uh, notable people sprinkled all over the place that just have their moments of shine in the film. But overall, I just found the film lacking in a sort of uh, emotional resonance for me. And I think just because like uh, the film is just unconventional in the sense that you don't get to latch onto characters um, in the way that I guess like certain other war films are sort of dramatized so that you have like these characters to, that you can link yourself to but um, I don't know even with the way in which like they approach the characters I felt like there was I expected more from the film and I just didn't get out of it what I expected um, and I know there's a few other people that feel that same way about Dunkirk but Overall, like, I know a lot of people that say it's, like, one of the best films of the year, and I'm like, you know, more power to you, but just, for me, it was mainly the spectacle and the audio material from Hans Zimmer, which was, you know, the, you know, quality points for me. Okay, yeah, that's, uh, I guess what I expected. Like, I, I've heard, um, I've heard pretty good things about it. Uh, like, it's a pretty unique experience, uh, just in terms of, like, like, the sound work, and stuff like that so I'm kind of bummed that I missed it but it, it left the theaters really really quick so I didn't get a chance to go see it oh okay I see um the uh, next few films I didn't get around to seeing so like uh well at least within this uh, July period there's Girls Trip and Valerian uh and A City of a Thousand Planets and I think the Emoji movie as well those three I didn't see what was the first one that you said? Um, Girls Trip. It was that uh, comedy oh, yeah. film that came yeah, out. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, well, all three of those, at least over here, came out at the same time. Like, Girls Trip, Dunkirk, and Valerian all came out on the same weekend. Oh, okay. For, for us. Like, I didn't see any of them either. Um, like, Girls Trip, I think if I if I had nothing else to do, I, I would have gone and seen it. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't super high on my list. And Valerian was also high, was high on my list, though. Um but like I had some stuff going on like around when when Dunkirk and and Valerian came out that I didn't have a chance to go see that and that, and that's another one that came out that left fairly quickly so I missed Valerian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I think was it Valerian? I was excited to see just because the visual spectacle was really interesting and I like to follow um follow the uh, career of like Dane DeHaan just because he's been like one of my favorite people since I saw him in like uh, Chronicle. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I think again, the scathing reviews and just the timing of the, uh, film was just 
it just resulted in me just not getting around to seeing it in the end. And I just, um, I'll probably check it out like once it comes out and like, you know, is it home video or whatever. But um, I lost the. I lost the need to see it and then just timing just, you know, got away from me. Um, uh, next up, I think I have uh, Atomic Blonde on here. Have you seen that one? Yes, I did. All right, and um, yeah, well, what do you think of it? Uh, I, I liked it. I know that some people weren't super thrilled with it, but I, I did enjoy it. Um, uh, it's, it's pretty much like a women's John Wick. It's basically the easiest way to say it. Like, sh- sh- um, Charlize Theron just did fantastic as the main character. Um, yeah. With, uh, I can't remember her name right now. Uh, but she just kicked so much ass and did such a great job with her, with the stunts. Uh, and just, and the choreography was beautiful, I guess. It's really the only way to say it. Like it, it, it basically did everything that I loved about John Wick, but in like a Cold War uh, setting. And like in, in that whole spy uh, area and uh, I think it was a good job. Like, the, like there were times where it was a little over the top, um, but I, I don't mind that. I actually, kind of think that if done well, over the top uh, violence can work well in the movie, and I think it worked well here. Um, I think I will agree with some people where the cutting back and forth between the action and like the interview that she, that she had with uh, with those two. Uh, supervisors i guess or like whatever they were called yeah um, yeah it, it kind of made some weird pacing issues but i don't know i just really enjoyed the action and really the, that's all i needed I'm, I'm, I'm a simple man <laughs> um yeah like uh i'm inclined to agree um uh, i the thing is i was looking forward to this film but then like i think because the trailers were so overexposed over here in the uk and like on the say uh you know when you're looking at uh stuff on youtube and like trailers come up that came up all the time so then it started to annoy me i'm just like go away i'll watch your film just go away and um i didn't end up seeing it until like a few weeks ago actually because i i left it pretty late but i saw that i still had a few screenings left so i was like you know well let me just give it a try and it was really impressive uh you know just from an action point of view because i i'm an action junkie i love my like uh, fight choreography in um, action films and they did such a good job like Charlize Theron like you know is it sold that role so hardcore and the punches the kicks like the shooting it was all done with such style and panache and that hallway scene yes. good gravy yes. I'm, I was uh, just <laughs> I was just watching it I'm just like just when you just um when you think you've been wowed you're just wowing more you're just like what oh my gosh what's going on this is madness um but yeah, and, like, uh, and, well, like in terms of hallway scenes, like that's up there with with that Daredevil hallway scene from season one. Oh heck yeah! Like, <laughs> I think this is probably the most badass scene that any females ever had. Like, you know, it's sure. on screen, just, just stellar work. And um, I also just really like the performances from everybody around. Like, you know, I really like James McAvoy, um, Toby Jones, and uh, John Goodman were good, and uh, even um. Sophia Pacella, who, uh, you know, obviously everyone's liked since Kingsman. She's just shown up in some of these films and she's just shown that she has, like, you know, just a bit more to her uh, acting talents. It's like, you know, each role she's gotten has just given her more to do. So uh, I thought it was solid. I think, was it, yeah, the main issue I had with, well, main issues I had with the film was that the cutting forward and backwards in time between the interview was just, um, 
I found that a little uh, jarring after uh, at first, and then just a tad annoying towards the latter side of the film. But I also thought that the plot got a little needlessly complicated, and it's not that I couldn't follow it. It was just that I feel like it was a case of adding twists and turns for the sake of adding twists and turns. But um, the final bit towards the end, I thought was pretty smart. So I was like, oh, okay, so this is what happened. Ah. Yeah, well, I think with that, though, like, that comes with the genre. Like, if it's a, it's a spy movie, so you're going to have some sort of crazy twist or several in it. So yeah. I, I don't think that bothered me as much just because I, I, that's kind of like an expectation I have uh, of that type of movie. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, the next one up from the list that I have, um, you know what, I'm going to have to skip a good few. It's probably going to be until mid-August. Um, the Hitman's Bodyguard. I have not seen that one. Now, this was a film I actually didn't plan to watch at all, but because um, I had a free day and it was sort of around the same time that some other films were being released, I was like, you know what? You know, screw it, I've got time. Um, and the funny thing about The Hitman's Bodyguard is it is such a simple film. It is, you know, almost as basic, generic, and as cliche as you can get with these sort of uh, comedies that have, like, an action element in there. Uh, you have two characters that don't really like each other who have a bit of a past. They have to sort of, you know, work together to, um, you know, achieve this common goal while, like, you know, avoid being killed. They both have significant others. Uh, you know, they have, like, some sort of uh, romantic issues in their lives and stuff. But, um, you know, the film was just fine. It was just... It was just solid. Like, um, what I liked about the film was that, you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, Sam Jackson are essentially playing themselves, but they had good chem- chemistry together. Um, I liked Elodie Young and uh, Salma Hayek was fun. And uh, just... The action, I think, was probably the best element of the film because there are certain sequences where there's uh, chase sequences or like uh, gunfights or hand-to-hand combat and stuff like that, and it was filmed really well. Um, it just depends on your sort of tolerance for like you know, is it um, comedy films? Um, I am, I guess, infamous amongst like certain people for being that guy that's like not so into comedy films. Not so much that I don't like them, but it's more so I don't like it when it's a main focus of a film. Um, as opposed to like say uh, when you watch um, I don't know maybe the uh, Fast and Furious films and there's humour in there but you know it's not the main focus it's just part of like you know is it the way in which they did it in the script but this film was fine I didn't laugh too hard Um, a lot of the uh, elements of the story I could tell what's happening a mile off but it was still just it was was a simple fun film, basic film (laughs) That's good to hear, because that was definitely one that was, an, uh, or sorry, that was another one that was high on my list. Um, mostly because I like Ryan, I'm really huge fans of Ryan Reynolds and and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. So I think seeing him them on screen is would have been a, a fun and enjoyable experience. Um, so gonna and and I, I I I am a huge fan of comedy, so having that element in there does it doesn't hurt it for me. So that's I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it because I. It makes me want to see it more. But the reason I didn't go see it was because I came out the same weekend as Logan Lucky. And so I made a choice in which one to go see, and I chose Logan Lucky. All right, well, that's the next one up, so you can start that one off straight away. So, Ocean's Eleven is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, and, and high, 
Jason movies in general I really like. Yeah. Uh, so to see the redneck Ocean's Seven Eleven, as they called it in the film, I think it was fun. It's really the best way to to describe it. So a lot of the film is spent getting the heist together, which is a thing for heist movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it it kind of feels like a slow burn, um, but once you get to the heist itself, like everything pays off. Channing Tatum and Adam Driver, like in their roles, was um, like you could tell that they were having fun with it, and like and they they were putting these really uh, over exaggerated accents yeah. that I think worked great, and so was Daniel Craig, and and he just it was a role that you didn't expect Daniel Craig to do, especially seeing him as like James Bond. Yeah, yeah. But he he played it so well that you couldn't help but smile every time he was on screen or talking. But personally for me, I think my two favorite characters were his brothers in the film, just cause they were so stereotypical rednecks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to see these two commit a heist or be a part of a heist was just ridiculous and great. Oh, definitely. Like, um, I knew I was I wanted to see the film, but I think was it like Atomic Blonde? The trailers played so many times. I was just like, okay, I'm tired of seeing this now. I'm just gonna watch the film. Um, but I was surprised by just like how much extra there was to the film beyond the trailers. It was just um, like you said, it took a while for them to you know set up the heist and like you know plan everything out. But I really enjoyed those uh, that part of the film because um, you know in any general heist film, just seeing the preparation for it and then seeing them execute the plan, um, you know, in a successful manner is just so satisfying and just it was just such a strange ragtag of people that you just wouldn't expect to like you know be able to pull something off like this and um just seeing the uh the way in which stuff goes right and wrong for them was just great the the performances from everybody involved was really solid um the humor was really good and i found myself you know just um you know emotionally invested in some of these characters as well uh just you know when you hear about some of their backstories and um seeing the way they got treated by some other people um bloody Seth MacFarlane good gravy he I forgot he was in the film um until uh I think was it just a few minutes after his character first shows up I'm like oh my gosh that's him isn't it I'm like he does a pretty decent accent and I was just like gosh and it was just the way I think it's just because I, I was looking at his eyes and I'm like I know your face but I can't tell where and I'm like Oh, there you are, hidden away, aren't you? But um, it was great. I just, uh, I love the setup. I love the characters and the payoff for a lot of the stuff that happens in the film was great. Daniel Craig, my gosh, I mean, he since two thousand six when I saw him in Casino Royale, I followed him in like a whole lot of different films from like you know was it Defiance to the remake of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and most films I've seen him in, he's just great and uh, he was really good in this film as well. Just such a different light-hearted and just crazy role for him but him along with Adam Driver and uh, Channing Tatum just have this really good like chemistry um, yeah, everyone was good it was, it was yeah. good stuff yeah, like I didn't even realize that was Seth MacFarlane until like the credits and then I was like where was he and so I had to go look up his character because like um, Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder oh like, yeah it's, it's, it's such a dramatic transformation that I completely missed it yeah uh, that it was just 
uh, like that was uh, that was well done. Oh man, yeah. Uh, just... and, and like, and one thing I'll give credit to the trailers for, yeah, is that it didn't it didn't spoil how they got Daniel Craig out of the jail. Oh yeah, because like because like you see, um, but like their conversation, like we're gonna get you out of here, and then it cuts to him being out, and you completely miss the entire thing. Like I don't think there's even one scene in the trailer of them getting him out, and so that was, and in today's age with the way that in with the way that they make trailers, I think that was a very good decision on their part to, to just completely go over that oh yeah definitely um one other film that i saw like i think was it that had a sort of limited i guess sort of limited release over here was the big sick did you get around to seeing that by any chance uh i didn't I, like i know it, it, it did come out here too but i, I missed that one um so yeah it was described as like a really amazing uh, romantic comedy when it came out in america so i was like you know what i'm I'm not against romantic comedies, it's just that I feel like if I had a significant other, I'd have more reason to give them a watch, but uh, I was like, you know what, um, some people online like really recommended it, so I got the chance to check it out, and I was surprised by how much it emotionally resonated with me, because the thing is, it's uh, it's one of those sort of more dramatic romantic comedies, but less about the comedy and more about the uh, romance and the drama. Um, to avoid spoilers basically you just have like uh this main guy who's a stand-up comedian he has this group of friends he basically has this life where he's got like a where he meets up with this one girl and they end up like you know sort of you know falling for each other getting into a relationship but she gets sick and then it's just about the way in which he and you know uh the girl in question's family sort of deal with the situation and it's just it's handled in such a realistic manner all of these issues they feel real it's handled uh, with such care and you feel like um there were points where i felt myself welling up a little bit and i'm just like oh gosh no nah, like film don't get me like this <laughs> um the performances were just stellar across the board and for me i had like it was just um even though his role um has a certain level of significance, but not so much in the general scope of the film. Just seeing Bo Burnham again was really great because I remember watching him on YouTube like so many moons ago. So to see him now and how far he's come and then to see him in this film as well, it's just like, it was nice because you got to see this, um, see like some of the back, uh, back door side of like, you know, was it uh, doing stand-up comedy and stuff like that, but also you uh, go into... Um, some of the uh, complex elements of uh, making life-changing decisions when someone has, like, you know, is it a uh, uh, illness of the terminal variety, and also um, some of the stuff with uh, arranged marriages as well, because the main character is Indian, and uh, there's some really fun stuff that comes with the family, but also some dramatic stuff as well. Um, highly recommended. I almost forgot about it until someone mentioned it in another podcast. I'm like, oh yeah, that is one of my favorite films of the year. That's some good stuff. So. Yeah, if you get the chance, check it out. It's good stuff. Uh, yeah, for sure do that. Um, the last two films that I have is, uh, was it Detroit and American Made? Because they just got released over here, I think, was it last week? Mm-hmm. Um, did you get around to seeing either of those? Uh, no, I haven't. And I'm not sure if, if uh, American Made's out yet over here. Oh, I was, okay. actually, I, was just, I was just talking that with a friend of mine that we're going to try to go see that one together. So I don't think that one's out yet. Uh, but I, I have not seen Detroit Ah, okay. Um, well, to give you the skinny of those ones, um, 
Detroit, um, obviously, is based on like um, the uh, 1970s riots in Detroit, and that film was really emotionally powerful. Um, I haven't actually seen um, the previous two uh, films from Catherine Bigelow, you know, Zero Dark Thirty and The Hurt Locker, just because at that point I really just didn't like the concept of watching, like, you know, is it horror, uh, not horror films, uh, war films, so I just, you know, swept down under the carpet, but now since I have a, I guess, a more broader uh, interest in film in general, I just decided, you know what, I might give those a watch at some point, um, but Detroit was really powerful, just some really good performances from everybody involved, from uh, John Boyega to Anthony Mackie, but the scene stealer is Will Poulter, like, that guy was terrifying, um, I remember seeing him when he showed up, I think was it either the second or third Narnia film, um, and he's shown up in a few appearances, but I think after he um, had a notable appearance in the first Maze Runner film, um, he's really started to ascend, and now the fact that he has such a intense, scary, and just corrupt role as the, one of the uh, police officers that like you know held all these uh, black people in this... Uh, building for so long when they infiltrate that building his performances was absolutely stellar I hated him but I really liked his performance um, I've heard some people say that it didn't emotionally resonate with them as much but I think just because like uh, me being a person of the black variety it just um, it hit home a little bit more for me and obviously I'm not American but just seeing that sort of stuff it's just like damn I'm not sure how much rewatch value it has for me, just because it's just it's a little too intense. Um, but it's still really good. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I um I, I have seen both Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, and I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of them. Uh, like I know that they were both nominated. I think the Hurt Locker even won Best Picture. Yeah, I might yeah. be wrong about that. I think that but was the I, case. I honestly wasn't a huge fan of those. Um, it just, it's a little slow for my taste. Uh, nothing against, uh, Catherine Bigelow, but, or, or, I don't know, maybe it is. <laughs> yeah. She directed it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it just wasn't my cup of tea, but she definitely seemed like one I, that I felt would be worth seeing, uh, at least eventually. Um, like, was, what was his name? Um, Will, sorry, Will something? Uh, I can't remember what you said. Yeah, Will Poulter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah him. Like I, I really liked him in um, in the Millers. Uh, oh like, right, yeah. yeah. He was in that one, and I just remember seeing it and thinking when I saw him in the trailer that he he seemed. Uh, Grant, I don't know much about the role that he played, but he seemed very young to be in that role. But it sounds like he did a great job in it, so it probably didn't even matter that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, like uh, the only other film is American Made, and um, I was really hyped for that because I think it was Doug Liman that uh, directed that one. And uh, anytime Will, uh, not Will Smith, I'm thinking of someone else completely. <laughs> um, but anytime Tom Cruise has a new film, uh, I'm always curious to see what he's up to, and uh, he did a really good job with this film. It's such a fascinating and interesting story, and obviously, you know, certain elements are probably dramatized for the sake of film, but it was just a really captivating story because. Tom Cruise is just is really, um, he's a nice guy, uh, he just ends up getting in this situation that, you know, 
escalates from being like you know really good to really crazy and just out of control and um, when it starts bleeding into his personal life things just start to get a little bit more complicated but yeah the performances from everybody involved was really good um, great story shot really well just really fun interesting stuff um, and um, it even pans out in ways that you don't really expect just because there's certain I guess uh, yeah, I can't even say that. Basically, just watch the film. It's a good time. You'll be glad that you did. Good, yeah. That's definitely an upcoming one that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Um, yeah, and I think that's primarily most of the films that I saw in the summer. That's the main set done, I guess, unless there's anything else that I missed out. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry to interrupt the discussion, but there is one film in the summer recap that I forgot to mention during the discussion, and is the Dark Tower. Now, this was a film that I was, you know, curious about because obviously it was stuck in development hell for so long. And then when you found out that Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba were attached, I was like, oh, okay, interested. And the trailers were so so, but I was still hopeful for the film. But then when the, you know, eventual reviews came out for it, it was just so so to kind of pants. I was like, yeah, might give this a miss. But in the last week, I decided, you know what, summer's almost over, still in the cinema. Let me just give this a watch. And to my surprise, it wasn't as bad as everybody made it out to be, but at the same time, it was a frustrating experience. Let me just say that Idris Elba was like, you know, was the main redeeming quality of the film. Idris Elba, even when he's in a bad film, he still gives a decent performance, and um, I like him. He's still just a very nice, charismatic kind of guy, even though he's, you know, very scowly and, you know, depressed <laughs> for the majority of the film. Matthew McConaughey, his performance is a little kooky and strange and weird in that sort of over-the-top uh, generic villain kind of way but his, his character was okay the main boy who I don't know his name he was I don't think he was up to the task he's not one of the best young actors I've seen and when you have a film that focuses so much on uh, you know you as the main character you need to sell the role and I feel like you know especially in these more dramatic moments he he didn't commit uh, he wasn't very good um, visually the film is interesting uh, it has a lot of cool lore and mythology and there was a lot of stuff in the film that I could see you know the potential for more I was like oh man this film if only it was better if it had solid if it had better script better dialogue and you know a more focused direction like you know if you had a director that had a more notable style or just had like you know a clearer vision for this film it could have been so much better than it actually is and in the end especially towards the end, the film go for, you know, some stuff at the end where it just feels like it's not earned. And uh, clearly this film was trying to sell for a sequel, and I'm like, nah, you didn't earn that. Uh, it's just painfully standard, generic, and cliche in a lot of, like, the story elements, especially towards the latter half of the film. And, yeah, again, it could have been more, but otherwise, yeah, The Dark Tower, not too bad, but not too great. I just wanted to go back and mention that just because it was one of the films in the summer that I made an effort to go back and see in the last, like, you know, was it week of summer? So, yeah, there we go. All right, going back to the normal discussion. Well, the only ones that we didn't talk about that I saw were The Mummy, Cars 3, and The House. Um, and I really don't have anything super to say about any of those. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I guess I'll start with Cars 3 just yeah. real quick. Like, like that's... I wasn't a huge fan of Cars 2, um, so I did enjoy Cars 3 more. I'm not sure if it's because it was a better story or if it was because 
I didn't like Cars 2 very much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it definitely felt like um, like a, a like the Car series has, has almost become like the Rocky series. Yeah. Where um, he's like in three, he kind of uh, Lightning McQueen kind of realized that he's not the uh, racer that he used to be and was passing on the mantle. So it was well done for um, like for what it was. Um, and then the the mummy. So I'm a huge fan of the Brendan Fraser mummies. Like I watched the first two all the time when I was younger. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so I was exci- I was excited for that one to come out, uh, and, and I went to go see it, and I wasn't too thrilled with it. It just, it just like my biggest issue with that one is that it felt like, or sorry, I didn't know what kind of movie I should be watching. Like it had a little bit of horror, had a little bit of action, had a little comedy, had a little bit of everything, but I just didn't know what it wanted to be. Huh. Like indiv- individually, those parts were all good. Yeah. But together, they did not work well at all. Yeah, I mean, like, I wanted to really like that film because I'm like, okay, you've got this new sort of cinematic universe you're starting up, and I feel like they're going about the wrong way, you know, announcing yeah. all these films and setting everything up before the first film's even out. But I was like, I like Tom Cruise, I like Sophia Boutella, I'm interested in a new take, so, you know, I'll give it a chance. But then when I saw... Um, the reviews for it, I'm like, no. And then when my dad slayed it as well, I'm like, oh, you know what? Okay, I'm done. No, no. <laughs> yeah, it. I, I I wanted to like it. Um, it just, I think they kind of made the mistake that DC made with their universe is that they tried to put too much into the movie. Um, and Marvel has done this a couple of times too, where they try to put a couple of elements to set up future movies. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And, and it takes away from that movie. Well, definitely, yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of another problem I had with that one. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't. I didn't think it was terrible, but it definitely could have been a lot better. Yeah. Um, All right. And then the house was just like a typical um, Will Ferrell movie. I mostly saw because I like Amy Poehler. Yeah. So, so that's why I went and saw that one. And it was. It, I laughed. I had a good time. I just. I don't think it was anything of like super noteworthy. Yeah, because I wanted to get that film a watch for the same reason as well. Like Amy Poehler is just like. She's one of my favorite people in disliking comedy, and she she makes me laugh. Um, forever waving the flag of Parks and Rec. Um, yeah, such a great series. Um, but yeah, like uh, again, it was just a case of the trailers didn't thrill me, but I was potentially going to give it a watch, you know, depending on the reviews. But the reviews were so so to like kind of pants. So I was like, you know what, nah, I'll, I'll wait for Amy Poehler's next film. <laughs> I think just as an overall summer, like you know, while there were certainly duds, just. Overall, it was just a really good time. I, I had more good times than bad, and I just felt that every time I was at the cinema, there was something new and interesting to see, and I've had, you know, just a solid experience overall. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, it, the, there's, we're definitely highs and lows, but I feel like the highs definitely were much better than the lows. The, the sorry, the highs <laughs> outweighed the lows. Yeah, definitely, man. Um... So yeah, like uh, I don't suppose you could make. Uh, I'm not even going to do top ten because that's far too many. I think we'll just limit it to five. Like, um, do you have a top five? Like, you know, they don't have to be in order, but if you can put them in order, okay. more power to you. Yes. Okay, so my top five, my my five would be my Baywatch. Yeah. Uh, to I'm sure the, the, the surprise of many. Yeah. <laughs> uh, four would be Logan Lucky. Yeah. Three, Baby Driver. Yeah. Two. Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. And then my top one would be Wonder Woman. Ah, good choices, good choices. Um, what about you? 
mine is in a state of flux but if i had to do one right now i'd probably say that um baby driver is probably still my favorite film of the uh summer so far um next after that i would probably say spider-man homecoming i think i'll put war for the planet of the apes and then um wonder woman and the big sick i will put at number five um logan lucky i think would just edge it just a tiny bit i think if i'd seen like um if I'd seen that maybe a second time, it could possibly overtake it, but I think that'd be my top five. And do you have like a bottom five? Uh, gosh, I don't know if I've actually seen that many films in that sort of like I guess baddish department to uh, warrant a bottom five. Um, let me see. Uh, I'm trying to remember what we just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I'm trying to think of what was the worst film I saw this year and. Again, I think just because I avoided so many bad films, I just don't really have any. Um, okay, you go ahead. If you have any, like, uh, you can drop in that department. I'll think about it. All right. So, I'd say The House would be yeah. my fifth. Uh, and then the, the, the Mummy. Yeah. Uh, Alien 5. Yeah. Sorry, or Alien Covenant. Pirates 5. Yeah. Tim and Tell Tales. And then Transformers Five last night would be my worst film of the summer. Um, so I guess there's a thing of fifth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in a series, usually bottom three are all the far five. Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. Um, I think yeah. Now that you mentioned like uh, Alien Covenant again, a, a film I keep forgetting exists. I think that would probably be I guess my my lowest point of the year so far, just because I I wanted to love that film and. It's not that it was, you know, just the worst thing ever. It's just that it was just painfully cliche in a lot of ways. And just the execution of certain things is just like, I feel like you're, rather than taking inspiration from, you're just mirroring certain things that we've seen beforehand. Um, so, yeah, not bad, but, you know, not great. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that is it. The summer movie recap over. And uh, you know what? Before we disappear, I'm going to go back and ask you, Drew, what would be like, you know, was it just uh, briefly, what would be like uh, some of the films you're looking forward to in the fall to winter season? All right, so, so like you said, uh, uh, American Made is definitely high up there on my list. Um, I really want to see that one. Uh, there's one coming out called Mother that, that stars um, Jennifer Lawrence, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. The, I want to uh, see that one. Yeah. Um, or there's an American Assassin. Uh, I just I, I thought it was action movies that I think will look pretty good. Oh yeah, the Lego Ninjago movie. Um, I don't know if I'll see that right away, but yeah. I've been I really like the first Lego movie and I've ha I've had fun with ba uh, Lego Batman. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to kind of see how those go along. Uh, I know that a little bit later, like in October, there's su su um, Suburbicon, which is the it's the next one from the Coen Brothers. Oh yeah, yeah, that looks really good. So that's probably another up there and then of course you can't forget about thor coming out early november oh yeah uh, definitely. so those are probably some of my top five from the winter slash early or the, the fall slash early winter season oh nice um for me i think it'd be like uh even though i'm not like keen on horror films like the fact that it's coming out like uh in a few weeks i'm just I'm absurdly giddy for it because um, I wanted to like the It character beforehand but I feel like the old like 90s film is of a certain time 
and it just doesn't really have like the fear factor for me that I think a new remake could have and so far the trailers for the film have been great I'm hearing nothing but good things about the film now so I'm just like you know what I I need to see this film give it to me and I hope that is good um, the uh, other film that I'm looking forward to I think the week after that is uh, the next Kingsman film uh, Kingsman the Golden Circle uh, I love the first Kingsman. It was one of my favorite films of like I think it was twenty fifteen when that came out. Uh, yeah, fourteen or fifteen, one of those. Yeah, darn good, really fun. Um, I like the cast, and I this one just looks crazier than ever. And I think the red band trailer is so much more fun than the green band one. So, I I'm hyped. Um, was it? Yeah, and so Suburbicon, like uh, that looks like some really fun, interesting stuff. And I love Matt Damon and. I'm just curious to see what Aronofsky's going to do with Mother, and um, the trailers just seem very twisted and unsettling, just like most of his films. So, yeah, I'm I'm hyped. Um, I think the next three after that would probably just be uh, Thor, Ragnarok, Justice League, which I really want to see just uh, be decent. I, I don't I don't know. I forgot about that one. Yeah, I would definitely. I'd say up there too. I, I want to hopefully with uh, like after seeing Wonder Woman. Hopefully that they can start pulling their DC stuff back together. Heck yeah. Um, and I think the last one is um, Star Wars. Uh, I'm always hyped to see Star Wars. And like this one, I, I'm curious to see what they're, where they take the new characters. But I'm also just, I want to see Luke Skywalker just step back into the light and just, I want to see him bust out a lightsaber and just do some, some, some damage. Luke Skywalker is one of my favorite like film characters bar none. And I love Mark Hamill. So to see him just swing a lightsaber, just get in a fight or something, that would just that would make my life. Um, but the the ter- first season of the trailer looks good. I'm hyped to see where they take these characters. And since it's Ryan Johnson directing, I have faith that this is going to be a solid new entry in the Star Wars series. Right. I'm just happy that Luke Skywalker's going to talk again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just remember seeing him at the end of like The Force Awakens, and I'm like, that is one epic way to take off a hood. But are you going to say anything? No, just dramatic stare and oh, the film's over. Criminy. Yeah, little, uh, a little bit of a letdown. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean it worked. Definitely. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for this film. I, I really want it to be good. And yeah, I think was it. Unless there's any other things, like I'll probably mention them on a later podcast episode. But yeah, I think that will do it for this episode of Film Focus. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. And uh, Drew, thank you for joining me. I I'm so happy to have like my first guest, like you know, come on and do such a great job. You're great. Well, thank you. I'm glad, I had a lot of fun. I'm glad I could uh, join you for this. Yeah, man. So um, I have to ask, like, uh, would you be interested in uh, further adventures on like the Film Focus podcast? Absolutely, anytime. Sick. So, um, Drew, if you just like to plug anything you have going on in your world and tell the audience where you can, where they can find you online. So I can be found on my blog, Drew's Movie Reviews. Um, I can be at DrewReviewMovies.wordpress.com. Uh, that's really all I have right now. I need, I need to work on my my social media presence. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's no problem, man. I mean, like, it took me a while to get on board with all this stuff, I think, just because while I was at uni, people were telling me about that whole social media stuff, so I just got everything that I could at the time, and then just, uh, I never used it for its proper purposes, well, proper social media purposes, I just used it to plug everything from my blog, um, but yeah, man, that's cool, I'll definitely, like, you know, is it, 
show off your material like you know is it to everybody that I know for the like you know future reference and uh, Thank you. I look forward to having you back on the podcast in uh, in the future so do I can't wait all right, ladies and gentlemen, that will bring us to an end for another episode of Film Focus. Thank you for listening, and until the next time, I will see you later on. Peace out. Bye.